Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English podcast. The place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books, but doesn't know where to start. This is episode 110. And we watched a movie for this week <laughs> called <laughs> The Last Picture Show, uh, by, directed by Peter Bogdanovich. And so we're going to talk about that. I feel like it's been a bit since we've done just a regular movie episode. Yeah, I feel like that too. I'm excited to get back in. I guess it. there was Angel's Egg, which doesn't feel all that long ago. But I feel like that was the only one in between, like for a while. Yeah. Also, Angel's Egg feels like long special. ago. Yeah, it feels long ago. And it also hardly feels like our average movie watching. That's true. Too. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do some of that. And uh, we're, we're recording a little bit later this week because there's been lots of stuff going on, but we didn't want to skip an episode. So it'll be, a, mm-hmm. it'll be a double episode week for this one. Nice. Um, cool. So we'll get into the movie in a second. But uh, before that, how has your week been? It was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was a really bad week. I got a concussion on Sunday for the, the first time ever in my life. I've never had a concussion before this. Um, I went to my mom's birthday party, her 53rd birthday party. And all she wanted to do was take my brother and I go-karting. And I accidentally ruined the entire day because I got a concussion at the go-karting facility. But it turns out that I'm just like a horrible go-kart driver. And I never knew this about myself, nor did I know that it would cause me significant problems in my life, but Uh it really has. But I crashed a go-kart going like 45 miles an hour straight into a wall. Like I did not slow down. I didn't even kind of turn. I just straightened. I just went (laughs) extremely fast and I like snapped my head back really hard. They had to stop the whole race and like rush out and get me. And yeah. And then I, I thought I was fine. Like I had a headache that night, but I drove home. I drove to the fort from the Springs. Uh Um, And then I did my whole day on Monday thinking that I just had whiplash. Like I couldn't like turn my head all the way. Uh And I had a really bad headache, but that was really it. And then I got home from school Monday night and like, all of a sudden, one of my pupils was bigger than the other one, and I was like throwing up, but I couldn't walk, oh, and no. it was terrifying. Like I literally, I was crying so hard because I just thought I was going to die because I've never had a concussion and I didn't know that they were like this. But it turned out that I just had a concussion. So then I spent three full days laying in my bed in the dark with my eyes closed, essentially not looking at anything, listening to audiobooks because I wasn't allowed to like use my eyes. I would, I literally like, I would have my eyes completely covered and like blindly be like reaching into like a bag of goldfish. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it was bad and I did not have fun. And I also, it was like my finals. Um, so I had to get extensions on like literally everything. And then I I got extensions until uh, Sunday. So two days ago and, um, I spent the weekend just like cramming everything I had to do into two days. Wow. And now I'm okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> all... it's been so rough. So that's, that's my story. You had to uh, text to speech emails asking yeah. for extensions. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you couldn't use it. Damn. I made a couple people send emails 
on my behalf and also read emails out loud to me, mm. <laughs> which was nice. Wow. But yeah, I think I'm fully recovered now. Uh, I no longer really have any symptoms. So I'm good to which go. Which is good. Which is good. Great. Yeah. So that's um, my week. Anyways, I, you also had go. an extremely eventful week. I know. I, yeah, I did. Mine is a good week, though. I graduated yeah. from college. Oh! Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It was so fun. There was lots of stuff going on, and it was yeah. a busy time. I had my first Bloody Mary this week. That was the highlight, I think. <laughs> you liked it? Maybe not the the most highlight, but the <laughs> yeah, I liked it. It was so. It, I just I, why is it a thing? I just don't get it. It's good, but like it's delicious. I, a Bloody makes, Mary is truly like my drink of choice. It makes no I sense to me like it. why it's good, but I do really like it. Good. The the inspiration was that my aunt visited from Japan mm. once, and it was like she had a crazy long flight and whatever, and we got back and we went to a breakfast place, and the first thing she got was a Bloody Mary, and I was like, I want to try that. And I'm like, this is the, the craziest thing I've ever drank in. <laughs> and then so ever since I turned 21, I was like, I got to order me my own of those, but it has to be like a daytime kind of thing. I'm not usually, at least mm-hmm. for me, that's what it feels like. I don't know if it's your drink of choice all the time, but no, no, I've never drank okay. one like at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, so I, there had to be like a good occasion to have a Bloody Mary. And finally yeah. I had just graduated. I said, it's that time of day. And uh, it was really good. <laughs> it lived up to that. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Like, I don't understand who came up with this. <laughs> So I looked up like all the ingredients that go into it. It's like who decided to put all this together in a drink, but like it works. So I know. So, like I would never just drink tomato juice with no alcohol in it, but with alcohol in it, throw some and throw some Tabasco sauce in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it said Worcestershire worst, worst sauce. Yeah. yeah. Did you get one that had like a ton of toppings? Did it have like a no, not celery? really. Oh, Although I'm remembering now, my the one that my aunt had definitely had like a celery. Yeah. Did you say a pickle? Uh huh. That's crazy. I don't want the pickle. <laughs> I, it wasn't like, I think it wasn't really on their menu at the place we went to. I just asked like if you could make me one nice. <laughs> because I really wanted to have one. So I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta find a place known for their Bloody Marys. At my most favorite brunch place here in Fort Collins, they have a make your own Bloody Mary bar and it's Ooh. very fun. I'd highly recommend. Um, yeah, I, I think it was just a lot of stuff going on. I hung out with a lot of people, had a lot to drink over the course of, you know, from because graduation was on a Thursday. So like you had Thursday for graduation and then still the whole weekend. So it was a big party, but now I need to get in the swing of things for summer. I cleaned my room today. Good for you. It was a mess. I don't know. I got to I'm gonna, I'm like a real person now, which is weird because I don't feel like a real person yet. I don't even have a resume. I need to make a resume. Yeah, that's important. That's on my summer to do list for the early <laughs> stages because I can't apply to anything unless I have a resume. Best of luck to you. It's kind of fun to make a resume, honestly. You can make it look nice. Uh, yeah. What else? I think that's about it. I'm going to go to a concert tonight, but I'll talk more about that at the end of the week because we're going to do another episode this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a graduate. Wow. 
Um, yeah. So we have some mailbags for today. Oh, cool. So you can send in any like questions, comments, or recommendations, any of that sort of stuff, and we'll talk about it. We just want some more uh, interaction. Um, and so we have a question about um, what are what is a classic that you didn't that doesn't like that doesn't live up to the hype? Like a book? Where is it? Just any any like anything? Mm. Oh, can you not stand? That's what it is. Are there any classics that you can't stand? Uh, Just something that everyone seems to like. Hmm. This is tough. I just remember I was talking to someone about this the other day. We were talking about AP classes in high school. And I just, the only book I remember reading in AP Lit was Tess of the Dubervilles. And I remember I it because it. I hated it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I love Tess of the Dubervilles, but I, I remember stupid. I thought it rocked. But <laughs> for me, in AP Lit, we read um, what the heck is that one where like oh, a lesson before dying. Mm. I hated that one. I thought it was. So I remember cool. talking about that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I like. Guess it that's a classic it. that doesn't hold up to me, which is such a bummer because it's supposed to have a really impactful message about like racism and like i don't know questioning your internal race internalized racism and your perception of that type of stuff and it just did not do it for me like i just thought that it didn't drive that message home well enough Mm. it was stupid and it could have been been done a lot better than that yeah so i guess that's my vote i agree with that because i would also read that sometime i think in ap lit as well but uh I just I don't remember why I disliked Tess of the Dubervilles so much, but I thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I, really I think it. I didn't finish reading it. Mm. So maybe for the most better. part, I always the <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, I really I don't ever like dislike classics. Mm. There, I guess there's a handful of exceptions, but I can't really think of any other than um, a lesson before dying. But like, even if I don't necessarily enjoy reading them or think that like they should still be studied today. Like it's cool. Like all of them have withstood the test of time for one reason or another. Yeah. Like even if that reason doesn't resonate with me, I still think that's really interesting. And I like to read them almost like like through a like historical lens. Like why did this why did so many people celebrate this for like so many decades, if not centuries? And that's always just been like interesting to me. So I've never I don't really mind reading them ever. Cool. That's a good, good answer. And like, I agree for the most part, I think. I also remember I, it's something when I talked about, like that I read during the podcast and talked about it for a wrap up, but I read The Age of Innocence and that mm. one just didn't really do it for me, even though I've heard mostly good things. I don't know if that's, I think I would say that's probably a, a classic, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What about movies? Are there any classic movies that... I don't really know what all counts as a classic movie, Mm. but I do have this strong memory of having to watch Top Gun in my film as a lit class in high school (laughs) and telling my dad that I thought it was the stupidest movie ever made and my dad being like, that is 
sacrilege. <laughs> How dare you not like Top Gun? <laughs> so I don't know. I guess that's I would like agree though. You would agree with my dad? With you. Oh. I don't think I Top Gun's that good. I really don't like it. And my dad was <laughs> like, this is like a I get I think he called it a classic or like a classic. I don't know. Like he was like, everybody likes Top Gun. And it it really is pretty widely celebrated. And I have not watched it since that high school class. So maybe my opinion on it would change. But I remember being like, this movie sucks. And mm. my dad being like, that is crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy <laughs> thing to say. My opinion of Top Gun is that it was okay. And then it just like pisses me, pisses me off whenever it says that it's like the best thing ever made. Yeah. It's not. I don't it's know. just not. <laughs> and I went, I went to the movies earlier this week and um, I saw a trailer for the reboot or whatever. I was walk. I always go in late to movies because I do the online stuff and I like a member. So I always come in like 15 minutes after it says it's going to start. So I walked in like in the middle of this trailer and everyone seemed really into it. Mm. And then we're like, commotioning there's a commotion when it ended i was like i am never gonna watch this <laughs> that's funny i've been trying to like vote with my wallet as they say with the kinds of movies that i see in the theaters that's awesome um trying to only see stuff that i like well first of all like think i might like but also um that i can get behind like it being made <laughs> <laughs> Totally. And want to like support it in that way, even yeah. if I don't like it by the end of it. But uh, I'm just scrolling through movies that have really low ratings for me. Mm. And one is Alfred Hitchcock's The Wrong Man, because I watched this in like a class devoted to Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of movies. So all only, the only ones we watched are like the ones like considered real good. And my professor always had the very objective things to say about <laughs> Um. <laughs> And he said that this is one of the better ones. And I disagree. I thought it was bad. <laughs> so I think that's a classic. Especially because it came out I, I, not after Rear Window. Because it's so much worse. <laughs> like Rear Window is like this is a very big step forward. Uh, this was, anyways, I started, this is another thing. I started writing reviews, like diary entry, on my diary entries on Letterboxd again. Yay. Because that's going to be fun for me. Cause I'm trying to write more this summer too. I'm going to start a, a blog mm. and uh, I want to just for every movie, just like write down whatever I'm thinking at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then that'll help me out more in going back. If I ever want to write something longer about anything, I could be like, what were my impressions right after seeing it? Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I love writing little diaries on Letterboxd. I think it is like the funnest thing. Yeah. I read sometimes yours and they're pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, I mention, I say, that's cool. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, what about not just classics, but just movies that, that uh, maybe more recently that have just like most people thought were pretty good that you didn't like? Um, I guess I talked about this in our wrap up, but I didn't really like The Northman very much. And oh, gotcha. it seems to be a, a bit unpopular. Most people that I've seen are giving it pretty high ratings, saying it's, you know, a masterpiece, a classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, I kind of disagree because I so that's the one that I was seeing in the theaters, but I'll wait till the end of the month to talk about that. Okay. Because I have, I don't know, I disagree with some of the stuff that you said in the. Okay. 
I'm excited to hear why. But yeah, I guess I guess I didn't really get it as much as most people seem to be. Mm. So that's my most recent example. What about you? I think Nightmare Alley too. For some reason, oh my god, yeah. I keep reading good, like such good things about the new Nightmare Alley, that's and it has like really good elements. But I don't think overall it's it's a it's a. I would say a, I would give it. I give it a six out of ten. So it's a. It was a good movie, but it wasn't anything. It's just a movie. <laughs> I have like no desire to see it again. Like it was just fine. I was. Genuinely, that one like getting nominated for best picture and everything like yeah that's a great example yeah that's my answer for that one. good one cool all right so we watched the last picture show directed by peter bogdanovich it came out in 1971 um this is one that i've been wanting to watch for a while because i've been interested in peter bogdanovich because he uh, did a lot of work for like film history and film criticism, uh, even before he directed anything, which I didn't know. I did, but he died recently, so that was kind of the I, I wanted like the the made me want to watch like more immediately want to watch all the ones of his that I had heard about and were interested in before. So I saw Paper Moon uh, at the very beginning of the year. And uh, this one is another one that was on the list for a while. And so I'm glad we finally got to got to see it. Um, starring Jeff Bridges and uh, Sybil Shepard, who were big actors and went on to do lots of other stuff. Um, but also in the like, very early roles. I don't know if I mentioned that. But also starring Timothy Bottoms as Sonny Crawford, the lead character. And uh, what did you think of this one? Um. It was so, it was really, really good. I think I thought it was really good. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy watching it. Like, and I don't really want to watch it again because uh-huh. it was just bleak. It was... Like it was just really, really sad. There were a couple of moments that really just felt like a, a punch in the gut, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I was not ready for this to be as sad as I wasn't expecting it to be so sad. I seriously this was movie brutalized so me. unprepared for yeah. that. Like I was really caught off guard by how sad it got, uh-huh. um, but it was good. Like it was so well done. Um, like, I don't know, obviously it has to be to make you feel that much stuff, but yeah, yeah I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is this so sad? <laughs> Those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty brutal in a lot of ways. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> and um, it, Paper Moon wasn't like that. And I was not expecting it so it was but it, it they both kind of had the same vibes of like i don't know painting a very specific picture of like america like a specific mm-hmm. place and time um so i think that was interesting they're shot in pretty similar ways too mm-hmm. um but yeah this one is just so like really kind of keeps kicking you when you're down for real just over and over i really I have no idea why, but I thought it would be kind of wholesome and kind of funny. And I guess Uh I just, I really, I genuinely have no idea why I thought that, but then like it starts and it kind of gets pretty dark and, and sort of strange right away. And also there's like a lot of nudity in it right off the bat. And I was like, I don't think that this is going to be the wholesome (laughs) spot it would be. And then it wasn't at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised by the nudity too, because I was yeah. like, I just didn't know. 
what yeah. what I was getting into, I think, with this in some ways. But I yeah, I, it really surprised me right away, like how sort of like graphic and sexual it was because. I was thought it was like old. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, they were allowed to put this stuff in movies. <laughs> it really surprised me. Yeah. Well, I think it's like an interesting thing with like the time period too, I guess. Cause it's like, it's set in 1951. Mm-hmm. It came out in 71. So I guess new Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like, cause I, I didn't really know how to define it when I was introducing it last episode. Um, but I think, after watching it, it's definitely in the like the new Hollywood kind of <laughs> kind of wave. So yeah, it's like interesting though because you're like placing it in this time in the fifties, and it's the values of movies then like come to mind when you're watching it. Mm. I, I thought, and so yeah. it's like a, there's like a little bit of a weird disconnect there because um, I think the way it's shot makes it feel pretty timeless. Like if you, I mean, besides like content, I like just in the way that it looked it just feels like it's shot in a very like timeless way i guess is the point mm. that i'm trying to make yeah that makes sense it really bummed me out <laughs> <laughs> i watched it last night and it just like bummed me out for the rest of the night yeah well that's something yeah, i was thinking about that too because i saw it this morning i watched it i started yeah. my day off with that and I, I didn't, yeah i wasn't uh ready for it yeah, me neither. Everyone is uh, so fickle in this movie. That's a yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, what did you think of like the performances? Because I think a lot of this was about, you know, all of the people interacting. And I thought everyone did a great job. I agree. I thought everyone did a super great job. There was like a lot of uh, a lot of nuance too the performances I thought like it a lot of um like the motivations of the characters I guess are kind of subtle Mm -hmm. and they all do such a good job of like portraying that they're almost trying to like lie to the people around them but they want the audience to be in on the lies a little bit like it was all very sneaky communication um and I thought like every single member of the cast did it really really well yeah that's a good way to put it i think it's definitely true um i like the scene a lot where um what's civil shepherd's name jc yeah jc that's a weird name that's why i I, that's what i thought but i was like is that real (laughs) um in the scene where she wants to go to the pool party instead yeah and she's talking and she like does these looks like i don't know if she looked right i don't remember if she looks like directly at the camera but there's like Mm -hmm. i don't know just you see like the shifts in her face just kind of like play she does that the whole movie she is such a star of this movie like she the actress like absolutely nailed the like unpredictability (laughs) of this character and uh and just her tendency to lie <laughs> all the time. Yeah, for real. What and it what's interesting about her character is that there's a f- scene very early in the movie where she's talking to her mom mm-hmm. about stuff, and I'm like, wow, her mom's kind of like awful. <laughs> like, <what's, laughs> what is going on here? But then by the end of the movie, I have more empathy towards the mom than her. Yeah. So it's like it's it's interesting, and I think it's another thing just about like being in such a small town that's like central to the identity of the movie is that mm-hmm. 
you know, everyone knows everyone and there's all these like weird like relationships and entanglements um, that like just form like these different like relations between people. Mm -hmm. And then they just tip in like these different ways and you never know like what's going to happen or like what's going on Mm -hmm. because it feels like anything can happen at any moment. Totally. In some ways, which is like weird. It was weird, but it was so, you know, real. (laughs) It felt like real life, which was cool. Like it was just, it's really neat, like how authentic this town and like the story of the town felt and how much like history happened between these characters before kind of like the main kids who are like coming of age in this movie were even born, you know, and how much that gets like illuminated to them over the course of the movie. And then they have to kind of like reconcile that with their more modern understanding of these people and also like their understanding of just like youth and life in general. And I, I thought it was all like very perfectly executed. Like the theme nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. <laughs> I thought they accomplished exactly what they wanted to, which was awesome, but it was also just brutal to watch. Brutal. Um, yeah. And this is exactly how people in Texas talk to like, I think oh, really? the only other one that has like done it that well, is, I think is no country for old men. Mm-hmm. I think in both of these, that's just like that's just how people talk. Like not even the accents, uh, not even just the accents, but like just what the things people say. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was really really good and well developed. And I remember that about Paper Moon too, because that was I think. Nice. Yeah, sorry. I really want to watch Paper Moon even more now that I've it's, seen it. Yeah, it's not as sad as this. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does get pretty sad but it's it's like uh it's not brutal <laughs> that, that's that's how i describe this it's, it's it's brutal in a lot of ways yeah it it really very much is it really reminds me of this john steinbeck novel that i read in high school that destroyed me in like a very similar way but maybe even more so because Books, sad books always make me sadder than a sad movie. I think just because you spend like more time with it, you know, maybe. But Cannery Row is the same kind of idea. It's like all of these sort of odd characters who just live on this street. And the book is just sort of like a slice of life type of thing, just like a glimpse into their relationships with each other and like how, I don't know, their intentions for things might not like lead them in the path that they would have wanted um, and how. And then like, where do they go from there? And this, that book, really, really similar, like character arcs to this movie. And they both made me feel the exact same way. So I guess all that to say, if you really love this movie, you should read Cannery Row. Cannery Row. There you go. (laughs) I think, well, going back to the point about like books versus movies in that way, I think it's because, and this is something I've thought about a lot. When, uh, when you're reading something, you have to, you go at your own pace. So you, you. Um, like interpret the information in your own way. I think in both cases, but when you're reading a book, you kind of can slow down on certain places that you need the more um, time to think about, I guess, but movies just keep going at their own pace, even if you're not on the page on the same page. So I think that like gives more rewatchability to movies because you notice always different stuff because there's different stuff you latch onto each time. Yeah. But uh like the one go through is usually more powerful reading a book because you kind of create your own 
Totally. And it's so weird to like talk about this right now because I don't think I even fully comprehended that until this past week when I listened to three audiobooks. Yeah. (laughs) But I've never been an audiobook person before. Uh I just only did it out of necessity. And it's crazy how different the experience felt. Listening a book versus like reading a book with my eyes, I didn't really think it would be that different because it's the exact same story but it is completely different. Like, and I just, I don't think I like audiobooks. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that I'll go back because it just didn't feel, it just really didn't hit as hard, like anything, any, any part of the book, because it wasn't at my pace. It wasn't in my head, you know? Yeah. And then like, it doesn't stop either. Like you, you can't, yeah. it just keeps, it's the same thing. Like, where it's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. It really is. I was also going to say, uh, you haven't seen Twin Peaks, have you? Because a lot of the stuff you were saying about um, the generational kind of stuff mm-hmm. is very present in Twin Peaks. It's the same kind of thing. Maybe I should like, Peaks. Yeah, you should watch Twin Peaks. It's the best. I love that like type of theme. Really There's do. like more to it than that. There's so much going on in Twin Peaks, but uh, that's part of it. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you would really like it. I bet I would too. Yeah, we'll watch it this summer. I wonder if it's still on Netflix. That's where I saw it. I think it is the original show. Um, what else about this one? Sybil is very pretty. She's a beautiful face. That is true. Yeah, I remember when I watched Taxi Driver. I was like, you know, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't think I think that's the first time I see her in anything because mm-hmm. I guess I'm looking through and it doesn't seem like she's been in a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's interesting how like she has the character and maybe she like knows that she's gonna be able to manipulate people yeah. in the ways that she does. Yeah, she has like extreme confidence in her in her ability to do it, and like rightfully so because she kind of does always do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's the same thing. It's like in such a small town, you know. Yeah. You can confidently be like, "Yeah, I am the prettiest person in this town," because he even <laughs> says it in the, at the very beginning of the movie. It's like, "Yeah, there are no pretty girls here except for JC, and she's dating <laughs> Wayne." <laughs> yeah. So I guess this was I was in the credits it said it actually. This was the first. He said introducing Sybil Shepherd, and this is oh. also like the first big role Jeff Bridges had as well i believe yeah that makes sense he's super young in this <laughs> i didn't even recognize him at first i knew jeff bridges was in this movie uh-huh. and so for a minute i was like when does jeff bridges arrive and then i was like oh he must be one of these kids <laughs> <laughs> like wait a second <laughs> as soon as he started talking i was like yeah there I like Jeff Bridges a lot. I really like Jeff Bridges too. He just seems like a cool dude to hang out with as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't really know what else to say about this one. <laughs> um I think yeah. it didn't hit me how much like I was being brutalized by it until the very like towards the very end in the last few scenes. I kind of kept expecting it to like lighten up. Better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it just kept packing the punches over and over yeah and i think i think i would even say it, it got 
even worse towards the end because it became things became more permanent, I guess. Yeah, for real. Because I think I think at, at least when the movie starts, you have the you have the notion of like, okay, well, just silly high school kids doing silly high school stuff. Yeah. And then by the end, like they graduate, and it's. I think that's another thing that's important is that like the way that time moves in this isn't ever clear, and it just kind of passes. Like you never know what if one scene is like the next day from something or if it's like mm-hmm. two weeks later or a few months. Yeah. Um, Cause I think it covers about like a year, maybe a year and a half yeah. over the runtime. And so like by the end of it, it's like, this is just their lives now. And it's about, you can't even escape the small town in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. And it feels like Fellini's uh, easy to in that way. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's, it's about growing up in his hometown and, dudes in their like 20s who just are up to no good but they'll never <laughs> leave i don't know and i think well i think that's why another reason why this is like feels like a very important movie um because that's what i was going to mention with uh like these all these actors that are in it that either were already big or like went on to do even bigger things um just like places it as like something important, but I think also that it's, it references a lot and it is referenced a lot. It seems. Mm. I think Peter Bogdanovich is like such a, like just well-respected guy in various circles. Cause he did so much for like preservation of other stuff and like recognition of older things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that shows through in his movies because he's often also referenced by other people if that makes sense i don't know yeah. he just seems like such an interesting guy and i don't know like i don't know what this point is but it just feels like this is like an important part of like the story of american cinema mm-hmm. because i don't know why because because it's, it's like a big <laughs> thing it's hard to pin down but it just it, it feels that way so I'm glad to have seen it now. Me too. I'm also really glad that we watched it. I do feel like I got a lot out of it. Definitely a lot of emotional impact. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I do not want to watch it again. Watch it, again. <laughs> it hurt to watch. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And uh, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of like uncomfortable moments in this too, where I like kind of cringed and squirmed in my seat. I know. I like a lot. <laughs> There's like a lot of awkward sex scenes. I know. I'm glad he brought this up because the sex scenes, while uncomfortable just because of like the context of a lot of them, were also a little bit funny because of the way that they were like, there was like nudity, but the they weren't graphic in any other way. Like it was yeah. a lot of men laying completely still. <laughs> on the yeah. And I was like, why did they film it like this? I thought that was really funny been multiple times and it yeah it, like it, it, it happened enough that it became not just like it, it became a trademark of just like what was going on in the movie and not necessarily one specific relationship or a couple specific yeah. relationships yeah. um which was interesting but yeah i don't really know what to make of it i know me neither but uh yeah yeah do you have a rating for this one I think I will give it a nine. Me too. It was very good. 
It's a nine for me. And I didn't realize it was a nine until I realized that the, like the last couple scenes, I was like, I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down in the dumps. <laughs> I think it just like, it hit me. Like it was like, yeah, this is sad. And then at a certain point I was just like, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the exact same way. And I, and then I was like, okay, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> I give it a nine out of 10. I will also give it a nine out of 10. And awesome. I guess I would, I recommend it pretty universally because it was really good, but just with like mm-hmm. the warning that it does bum you. It's a bummer. Extremely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bummer of a movie. Um, I liked all the music in it too. I wanted to make that point. Mm. I love all those old country singers. Oh, Texas yeah. country. I like it too. It really fit the vibe very well. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, the last picture show. Oh, yeah. I would also recommend it pretty universally um, because I think it's an important piece of American cinematic history, mm-hmm. especially for like New Hollywood. I think this is a good staple of New Hollywood because mm-hmm. um, I think it kind of highlights what began to be done differently, in kind of like the wave of mid-budget indies in the late 60s and 70s. So let's watch something from olden times. Okay. <laughs> like the 30s. Oh boy. Let's see if I have anything in my watch list. Okay. Do you want to watch another Alfred Hitchcock picture? Yeah, I would love to watch an Alfred Hitchcock picture. We can see The Lady Vanishes. All right. Which is another one of his British movies. I've seen all of his good American movies because that class that I was mentioning earlier was just mm-hmm. about Hitchcock in America, but there are some of the classics that he did when he was still working in Great Britain um, mm-hmm. that I haven't seen. So this one's called The Lady Vanishes. It was like the last uh, the last one he did. Was it the last one he did in Britain? Maybe not, but it was one of the late, the late, the late uh, British ones. Okay. Okay. It was the second to last British movie, but the other one is not considered good. So (laughs) (laughs) this one is generally pretty well regarded. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Um, Yeah, I think that would be cool. Works for me. The Lady Vanishes. There you have it. Cool. We, in our third, second episode, we watched a British Alfred Hitchcock picture. And in our 111th, We'll do the same. Even wow. after two plus years, some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that can be next week. And uh, all that is left to do is to recommend an album. Do you have an album to recommend? Yes. I'm going to recommend Dan Arlbach's solo album called Waiting on a Song. Uh, for those who don't know, Dan Arabach is the lead singer and guitar player of the Black Keys, my most favorite band ever of all time. And um, his solo album is like also really good. And I honestly kind of forgot about its existence until a couple of days ago. One of the songs on it came on just like while I was shuffling some songs. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about like how good his solo career also is. So I don't know, maybe if you've never checked it out or also kind of forgot about it, you should give it a listen. But it's really a nice, like, upbeat, summery uh, guitar music. And also, yeah, I, was, I love his voice. So Yeah, I was just going to say, good one for summer time. Yeah, I think so, too. 
Awesome. Uh, let's see. My album for this week is called Teens of Style by Carsey Headrest. This is one that I pretty sure I, I don't know like how many Carsey Headrest albums I've recommended already, but this is one that I'm pretty sure that I haven't. Mm. But it was actually the first of their albums that I bought on vinyl. Oh, cool. So that holds us in place a lot in that way. But I'm going to go see Carsey Headrest live later this evening. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, I'm excited for it. So I got to recommend a, a, an album. And it's a good one. It's um, So basically, uh, originally, Carsey Headrest was just one dude recording songs in the back of his car that's why it was carsey headrest but uh but basically he released a few albums just like that and then with the band he they re-recorded some of them and that's what teens of style is it's like a full band uh with higher production value recording in some of the the more earlier stuff and i think it's, oh, that's cool. it's really good thanks so everyone should check that one out too <laughs> cool so i'm glad we got this episode in um kind of it'll be a weird upload but uh we'll have another one out later in the week so uh yeah thanks for listening everyone uh yeah go check us out on the instagram for uh mailbag i'll actually do a mailbag for the next the next episode and uh yeah it'll be cool thank you everybody goodbye bye now